Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Andrea Skornick as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Recently, I had the experience of fate bringing me together with people whom I didn't have much in common with. And I'm pretty sure that we were probably on the opposite ends of most spectrums. But there we were, needing to complete a project that required our working together. Over the days and the hours, we got to know each other. We talked about our families and our faith. It turned out we had more in common than I thought, and I became very fond of them. One day as our project was wrapping up, the topic of vaccines came up, and I braced myself for feeling anxious and frustrated. But instead, I just felt sad. Here we were, people who got along so well, and cared about the same things, and yet, when looking at this highly polarizing issue, it felt like we were on different planets. The new Netflix movie, Don't Look Up, does a brilliant job of illustrating this moment that we're finding ourselves in. In the movie, an extinction-level comet is about to hit Earth. A comet that, like all comets, is apolitical as far as we know. But what's most disturbing in the movie is not the comet, but people's response to it. Like what we've seen in the pandemic, arguably the scariest part isn't the virus. It's what it's revealed about us. The ways that we've turned against each other at the very time that we need to come together for our survival. Some of the division we're experiencing isn't new. It's just part of the human condition. But parts of it are unique to this present moment. Changes in American life over the past several decades have isolated us and made it harder for us to come together. Sociologists actually define a decline of social capital in America beginning in the 70s. Right around the same time our country saw an increase in mobility and sprawl, more pressures on people's time and money, and increased use of television. Around this time, our country saw a decrease in political participation, civic engagement, religious participation, workplace and informal networks, mutual trust, and altruism. People also used to have more ways to cross paths without having to seek it out like in walking to the store and seeing one's neighbors, or in formal gatherings in the public square. 
We used to have to leave our homes for entertainment. Pubs were once a place where you went to interact with others and not just the people that you came with. Things shifted to where you could go from your work to your house right into your garage and not have to see the people who live next door. And that's even more the case now where you can work and grocery shop, see movies, all from home. You don't ever have to see another person again if you don't want to. But all of these and other seemingly insignificant lifestyle changes taken together have eroded our ability to relate and hold things in common, to talk about them and work on them and care about them together. And though the pandemic has increased our feelings of isolation and division, at the same time, it has heightened our sense of desire for connection. In the Southeast Sacred Organizing Group that some of us are part of, we were having conversations with people who live in Southeast Portland. And we're asking them, what's giving them life? And what pressures are on them and their families? And what keeps coming up is people's desire to know their neighbors wanting to know them so that they can be there for each other, or talking about how some of the most meaningful things have been the neighbors dropping off a plate of cookies, or being thankful for the ways that getting outside more means that we get a chance to meet each other. Listening to that desire for connection is part of our way back. Like in my experience with the people that I was working with, we are examples of ideological differences, but we are also still people quite capable of relating to and caring about each other. And with a little more time and sensitivity and a spirit of charity and curiosity, we might be able to have a conversation and learn from each other in places where we differ. And we might not be so easily divided and pitted against each other the next time. Because we can say, wait, I know that person. You see things differently when you have the chance to be in relationship with those who aren't like you. And this is the case that sociologist Robert Putnam made back in the 90s, when a lot of the work on declining social capital was newer. In his famous book, Bowling Alone, the Collapse and Revival of American Community, he talks about the need for bridging social capital. In contrast to bonding social capital networks, which are inward-looking, exclusive, and concerned with increasing and reinforcing homogeneous, you know the word, homogeneous, <laughs> with an idiot at the end, Bridging social capital networks, which he argues for, are outward-looking, and they include people across diverse social groups like race and class and age. Example of bridging social capital includes the civil rights movement and youth service groups. Bridging is what helps transcend the difference where you now have a way of getting to me and I to you. Notably, Putnam also says that while bonding social capital is how we get by 
and maintain the status quo, bridging is how we get ahead. So could it be that bridging is the work we are called to as a church, as people of faith, reaching out and building those ways back to one another? Churches have always discerned to meet the needs of those around them. Acts 4 talks about how the churches were looking to see what people were in need of. And that's what Jesus' ministry was about, responding to the needs of his time, of sickness and demons and poverty. Sometimes the church's response is to meet the needs, and sometimes our job is just to bear witness, to say that, yes, this is real. In the issues of disconnectedness, isolation, and division, the church can do both. We can say this is real, and let people know that what they are going through is not something they do alone. But we are also in a unique position to do something. We already have the infrastructure for community. We have existed as gathering places for centuries. Places where intergenerational relationships form, where people find belonging and diversity, sharing life with people not like them, Facilitating community and connection is something we know how to do. And it's not supposed to be exclusive to people of the Christian faith. Jesus thought at first he was coming for the Jewish people. And a Gentile woman challenged him on it. And his ministry ended up being for everyone. In our reading from Corinthians, Paul talks about the oneness we can experience across our divisions, saying there is neither Jew nor Greek. We also, as a church community, have the space to host. In a city where space is a commodity and where in our country many decisions are made around what's profitable rather than what is good for people, we have the luxury to think about that differently, of asking what is going to help people and talk about, help us talk about important issues and organize towards change. But perhaps at the deepest level. This work is at the heart of our theology. The Christian story is about a world that was created for oneness between people and creation and the creator. Division entered and separated us and pushes us further away from each other. But we believe that a force, love, God is moving through creation to bring us back into relationships, to make us one again, to make us whole again. This is what communion is about. It's a meal where, for a moment, we get to experience ourselves again. This work of bridging of practicing communion in the everyday, of cultivating social capital beyond our four walls, is something that this church has been discerning for a while now. I hope we can see, though, how important it is for the moment we're in. That like Jesus stepping forth in the temple, the Spirit is upon us for this very work that is so needed in our world's healing. And each of us has a role. 
the spiritual gifts that Paul talked about in bringing it about. The prospect of doing this together and joining God in so, something so deeply rooted in our faith and identity gives me great hope. We live in a city of bridges that could actually use a few more. The kind that people and faith and churches like this one can build. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.